Hey everybody, it's the Pop Culture Philosophers, coming to you live from the Huntsville Attic in beautiful Huntsville, Alabama. Today we're talking about fantasy, we're going to talk about fantasy novels, fantasy films, maybe talking about dragons, sorcery, that whole that whole thing. I'm really excited actually, it's a really cool topic. And of course, I am John Hammertime Holshue, with me always is Rock and Robbie Billups. Hey John, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. This is something that... Fantastic? I never read a lot of fantasy books, but I do like fantasy films and just the concept. Yeah, fantasy is a good a good. Oh, yeah, subject. it covers so much, and there's so much cool stuff. You know, the craziest thing about it is that we've been planning to do this podcast for literally years now, John. Yeah, we came up with the idea of this show in 1972. Yes, and it's taken this long to finally happen, but it's finally happened, and you know who's very excited about that? That's Mr. Dashing Drew Matson, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been pounding the table, not literally, for the, for this podcast for quite a long time. Yes, you have. You've been? Are you excited that we're finally doing it? <laughs> finally, not we should have canceled. We should have canceled. It. <laughs> That's what he said when I came in. Oh, we pushed it back. I just, you know, maybe like halfway through, we have like an emergency. We have to stop. Yeah, I don't know. Speaking of emergencies, emergency, everybody. Brooks is here. Brooks, get. <laughs> I am. That was the worst segue I've ever done, and I've done some really, really bad ones. He does. He has. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> Let's Brooks. Roll, roll with it. Brooks is an old school fantasy fan, just like Drew. Both of you guys love that uh, the, 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 the dungeons and the dragons and the the sorcery and, and the skeletors and all that stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> skeletors, yeah. skeletors and sorceries. All right, Brooks. Well, let me ask you. We're, let's start off here real quick. Why is uh, why do you love fantasy so much, Brooks? It's just something that uh, I've always enjoyed, even since I was like a little kid. I think I think it had a lot of it has to do with uh, He Man, actually. Because he he man was like the uh, the first toy line I can remember being into. Yeah, and, uh, it yeah. Very, and it's a very fantasy oriented toy line. And yeah, it also is. like when I grew up, I, I mean, always, it's got swords, it's sorcery, yeah. skeletors. It does have skeletors, <laughs> skeletors. in it. Yeah, <laughs> he man. But yeah, um, and uh, you know, I also liked uh, Robin Hood a lot, and you know, King Arthur and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And that you know kind of developed, uh, stretched out into different you know things. And yeah, what's your favorite thing about fantasy in particular? I, I like the uh, how rustic it is. I guess you know, there's not a lot of fancy technology. It's uh, it's blades and arrows and magic and yeah. You okay, know. you like like the medieval aspect of yeah. it at times. Okay, absolutely. We'll Castles. get into, yeah, we'll get into a lot of that later on. Drew, why do you love fantasy? It it's a chance as an adult or someone to experience magic again. And that's something we don't have a lot. And it's a, a chance to experiment with different types of stories in entirely different settings. And it's like different different races, di- different planets. Everything can be completely what the author wants it to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What are your favorite bits of fantasy? My fa- uh, favorite bits? I, <laughs> I, if a book series has a great magic system... I'm all in because that's why a lot of my a lot of my uh, favorite authors they just have it completely set out. They don't try and overcomplicate it. Everything everything can be easily understood. All right, that's super cool. You know, I, I'm right there with you guys, especially with Brooks, because like He Man and the Masters of the Universe. I mean, like that that's like it right there. Mm. My first introduction to fantasy outside of the Bible, but straight <laughs> up, I love the magic. I love the dragons, all that stuff. I think the important thing about fantasy is that it uses and stretches the imagination. 
and it uses that imagination to do something with like with allegory and metaphor and to actually tell stories that are that are real world stories in a fantastical like setting and and I you know obviously I'm not the hugest fantasy guy I'm more of a sci-fi guy but they're very similar very similar genres it's the same thing it's just take away the technology throw in some swords yeah. and skeletors and you got fantasy right John what do you think some swords and skeletors yeah. some some sh- some films even may cross that threshold between sci-fi they're I'd say Star Wars is a sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I'm, I'm I like I like the I would say Star Wars is a fantasy <clears throat> sci-fi okay <laughs> goddamn. No, the, uh, I mean that meaning it's a fantasy first. Yeah, that gets you know. Um, the uh, yeah, my introduction, of course, was Masters of the Universe, Masters of the Universe, He Man, Skeletor, um, all those. Big fan of Buzz Off. So I like those characters. I like those designs. That really got me into. I the like whole Ram thing. Man. Ram Man. Ram Man's the most fantastical. Character what about out many there? faces? <laughs> oh, dude, I love many faces. <laughs> he has many faces. I love their names. Their names are really clever. <laughs> uh, I was that was my introduction to it. And then later on, obviously, other films and other books. And, and I just like that. And I like the same stuff like Brooks likes. I like the medieval stuff. So I like swords and and then, you know, of course, dragons Sorcery, awesome. dragons, skeletons. Yeah, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. So speaking of kit and caboodle, <laughs> talk about bad segues today. <laughs> Roll with it. Um, Master of the Universe is one of those that gave us this great fantasy world, at least for my introduction of fantasy. And some have built up these giant fantasy worlds. Um, it's some book series, some films. I might start with Drew, since Drew is seriously like the biggest fantasy fan I know. He even plays fantasy football. Sure do. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, there's, very, there's very little fantasy in yeah. fantasy football. No, no, no. no, no. Like, there's, there's no swords. That's a misconception. There are swords and skeletors all yeah. around. Until you've seen a quarterback fly on a dragon, you have not seen shit. Mm-hmm. I'd want Skeletor to be my QB. <laughs> he can't throw where the shit. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd be a better tight end. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, some of my favorite uh, world builders, uh, of course, like, Tolkien started very early in the 20s and started building this massive world and just got bigger and bigger and bigger as it went on. But my favorite today are Brandon Sanderson. He's uh, he's done uh, Stormlight Archive, Mistborn. He finished uh, Wheel of Time. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. He uh, well, he finished it after he did, Robert finished Jordan. It. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he was a successor, I guess, to that. Yeah, the actual chosen successor. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? It wasn't he did just a really the publisher good, He did a really somebody. good job too. Those last three books were really good. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, his his wife was the editor for a long time, and he uh, and he decided or she decided that. He was the guy that had to do it because he'd written. Oh, he, she, the editor, huh? What's for her uh, for like a dozen books? Yeah, yeah. It just feels like that's cheating. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're sleeping with the editor, <laughs> of course you get picked. No, but uh, he <laughs> he is the guy. Who, he has an entire universe called the Cosmere, and that has about eight different planets, and they all have different magic systems. They all have different societies. They have. There's one where this world is set by hurricanes every couple of days. So their entire culture and uh, all the creatures they have all evolved because of that. And then my other favorite would be uh, Steven Erickson, who made a giant world on a timeline of like three hundred thousand years. There is incredible because he was an archaeologist for most of his life, and he made this entire world. And there's an incredible uh, this world of Malazan has such depth to it, and you can you can some some gods. Are talking to talking to mortals. There's uh, and there's an entire uh, 
idea of ascendancy where your deeds and actions can become you can make yourself into like a godlike or a demigod just through your actions if they're legendary enough those are my two favorite wow excellent excellent some of these uh, some of these i'm familiar with some not so i'll probably look a little more into some of that stuff cool after the show i i say that but i'll forget it i'll forget it depends how many drinks i have brooks are there what about fantasy worlds uh that that you enjoy or that that stand out to you or ones you want to talk about because there's some there's some that are just gigantic i mean some of these are yeah. uh, some of these writers and some of these f- uh, filmmakers have fleshed out these giant yeah, worlds the, the world's kind of become a, a character of themselves in a lot of ways sometimes. yeah and there's even side stories because these worlds are so gigantic and there's so much yeah but uh yeah you know there's the obvious ones there's like middle earth but uh one thing that's interesting is that people think Tolkien was the first one to do something like that, you know, create his own mythology. But actually, William Blake had done something like that earlier. Like, he created this whole mythology of his own, but it's so, like, it's, it's you know, poetic and so kind of complicated, it's hard to uh, understand. Like, I tried mm-hmm. to read it, and I'm like, I don't know. Uh, like, <laughs> my, my brain can't process what he's trying to say. Here. Give me back the elves. Yeah, it's like, this is... This, like this makes like Silmarillion look like a kindergartner's book or something. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, um, and you know, fantasy worlds are not uh, necessarily restricted to movies and uh, and uh, you know television shows and books either. You know, video games have uh, fantasy settings too. Oh, yeah. Like you know, Hyrule and the Legends oh, of yeah. the games. All the Final Fantasy games have their own fantasy worlds. Fire Emblem games, fantasy worlds, fantasy just kind of like creeps its way into just about everything in some form or another. Which one would you want to live in if you had to, if you could live in one of those? Which one I would you want to live in? Fantasy worlds are generally not the best place <laughs> for to, the common man. To live, yeah. But I mean, I'd, I'd like to live in Hyrule because you can just like cut down bushes and get money. Yeah. Don't break fuck a, with those chickens though, man. Any pot in the world, just throw it against a wall. Yeah. And just a, go into people's houses and break pots. And then you just come back take the money and be like, well, you got to pay for these pots. Like, oh, <laughs> what the, Drew, I forgot to ask you, what fantasy world would you want to live in? If you could live in any fantasy world. Uh, I, I'd i probably like Malazan just because I like the idea of being able to accomplish something and like your, if you if your deeds are legendary or, or well-known enough that you can become, A, known to gods or become a demigod or sometime maybe ascend. I can tell you the one that I wouldn't want to live in is uh, Randland or Wheel of Time, just because if a, if if one of the main characters goes by you, your chance of dying increases <laughs> dramatically just because of their their like reality warps around them. All right, all right, Robbie. Yes, fantasy worlds. Um, I uh, I think my all time favorite fantasy world is by C.S. Lewis, and I think it's Narnia. I mm-hmm. love Narnia. I love that whole thing about the the forest and and like it's like the world between worlds and there's it's not just narnia in those books you know what i'm saying yeah. like there's other places like they go and awaken the white witch from another reality and like another world and i just love i love multiverse type stuff and so like i really like that and appreciate that about narnia that starts off as this really simple like children's story about like going through this closet this wardrobe and, and you you're in this magical world but there's so much more involved in that and i absolutely love and adore that of course I will be <clears throat> very, very basic and be like, yeah, Middle Earth. Middle Earth has got some great yeah, stuff. Tolkien yeah. put a lot of thought into that. He created his own languages, his own mythology, his own histories, and and like that's like way more complex than Narnia. 
Um, also, I'm not I'm not the hugest Game of Thrones person anymore, but Westeros has some really yeah. decent world building, I think, too. Mm-hmm. And as far as worlds I would want to live in, I would want to live in Narnia, for sure, right? And and I would not want to live in Westeros because you would die. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Yeah, <laughs> when, when, when winter comes, you know, it's like yeah. it kind of sucks. What about you, John? Um, speaking of which, I I'm pretty sure Creamsicle he goes in your closet all the time. I'm wondering if he's going to like some fantasy world. He is a follower of Aslan. Oh, okay. I will say that, that makes sense. He's lionish himself. He's going to Discworld. He, he's not a no. <laughs> he's, he's not a tame lion, but he is good. Yes. Um, I would say, yeah, if we can cheat and say video games, Hyrule, man. I, I agree with Brooks. That's not cheating. It's a great That's fantasy cheating, world yeah. that Nintendo has developed. I'm going I'm I'm to change it and say Mushroom Kingdom then. Yeah. Who doesn't Probably. want? Who doesn't want to live there? <laughs> you can just hit blocks and get coins. I'd get yeah. hit by Bullet Bill immediately. Do shrooms all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you would eat that green shroom that kills you. Remember that one, the evil one that's the in poison the, shroom. Yeah, the yeah. poison shroom. Yeah, but uh, lost levels in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one's a bastard. I don't like that game much. Which were, what? So you like Hyrule? Is that the Hyrule? One? Yeah, if that, I could, if I could pick, here's the thing though. I'm afraid that I wouldn't be some superhero or some awesome person. I would be like, you'd be in the yeah. NPC. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like some innkeeper's daughter. He'd be the chicken. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that that's the thing. It's like when we're thinking, what world would you want to live in? You're you're going directly into it. You're not the main character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I stick with Narnia then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you know these fantasy books and stories and novels and video games and all this stuff. Um, they have very very common themes and motifs. Obviously, like every time we do one of these genre specific episodes, we do like science fiction or we do westerns or something. They all kind of pick up on the same themes. A lot of the same themes kind of carry over. From film to film, right? Wouldn't you say, John? Oh, yeah. I would say, and some of these themes actually carry over to different genres as well. Absolutely. But we're more dominant in fantasy. Absolutely. Some common themes real quick. We, of course, good versus evil. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you always got the, the, the heroic hero and the villainous villain. And then, of course, a lot, like, okay, almost every movie and story takes that hero's journey thing, you know, Joseph Campbell and, and Carl Jung and all that stuff, right? So, But, like... So the hero's journey thing, though, in fantasy films, I mean, it's like straight up there. Like it is straight up there. I mean, you've got your hero. They 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 go on a quest. They get a special object, maybe like a magic sword or or a skeleton or something I have like that. The power. <laughs> yeah, they get the boon of the gods, and they have their wise mentor. Look at Star Wars with Obi Wan Kenobi and the lightsaber, and then the, they go up against the ultimate villain. Of course, there's a lot of med- medievalism. In, in fantasy films, that's what we were in fantasy stories. Uh, Brooks, in particular, mm-hmm. was talking about that one. So that's something like basically taking the folklore of Middle Age Europe and bringing it into like it's almost like almost every fantasy thing is kind of based on that. Is that because of Tolkien? He, he and Robert Howard are the two most important to fantasy, I believe. Now, so. because like like Tolkien, I think I, I've read that specifically. He he felt like that Europe didn't have a mythology, like a deep nope. mythology. I mean, they had Beowulf, and that was yeah. it, right? It, that or Norse. That's yeah, it. and so he was trying to like provide a mythology to Europe, and maybe I think because of that, a lot of this medievalism winds up in fantasy film. Also, of course, a mix of different races. That's very important to fantasy. You got your goblins, you got your vampires, you got your humans, you yeah, got your... A lot of, some of it also skeletors. comes from like a Shakespeare, too, you know, like a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got fairies and all that stuff, you know, yeah. so you got all these different races. So you got a lot of like, a lot of stuff about universal law and like coming together and, and, and working that out. And of course, magic. Magic is a big theme. Oh, yeah. Magic the Gathering, they had that back yes, then? Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. Pay more attention to the fucking movies <laughs> and the books. They talk about the car game all the time. <laughs> Brooks, what uh, Brooks, uh, what common themes and motifs uh, stick out to you that you want to talk about? 
Well, there's a. Uh, I think it's one that comes to mind is the enchanted weapon. Oh yeah. You know, like there's always Excalibur. Some, yeah, there's like a there's like a super special weapon that only like you know this the hero can use. It's the only it's the only way to defeat you know whatever. It's sometimes given or blessed by the gods. Yeah. Right? It's got yeah. it's got a blessing or an enchantment or something in it that makes it you know. Uh, like the the only thing that can get the job and done. And when you have it, you have the power. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. What about you, Drew? What sticks out? Speaking of powerful weapons. <laughs> Me. <laughs> 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 no. I, yeah. I def. I definitely love like the enchanted or or the cursed weapon in a in a lot of different ways. Because well, like them damn mushrooms. Yeah, like the damn mushrooms. Like the uh, like cal calendar. Like it's like yeah, it's really powerful, but it's too powerful. There's no there's <laughs> no stopping it. And the sword that's not a sword. The sword that is not a sword. All right, okay, so what's your favorite fantasy weapon in in, in fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> favorite fa- fantasy fantasy weapon? Uh, I like, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think, uh, Dragnapur from, uh, from Malazan. It's a, it's, it is a cursed kind of blade because it's giant two-handed uh, black, uh, black sword that Rees like it has black chains surrounding it, and when you're killed by it, you don't go to hell or whatever afterlife. You are sent in inside the sword, and you are made to pull a like a carriage inside the sword for the rest of eternity. And part of, one part of part of that is like the mystery. It's like what is inside that carriage that the, all of these creatures? Because there's like demons, there's gods in there pulling this thing forever. Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, briefcase in Pulp Fiction. What about you, Drew? <laughs> I mean, Brooks. <laughs> What weapons do you like? You mean there's Excalibur, there's the Sword of Omens from Thundercats, there's all kinds of good oh, yeah. Mjolnir. That's that's a yeah, big one, right? Yeah. What, what 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 do you got there? Well, there's a there's a weapon in uh, the Wheel of Time books. I like it's a, a one of the characters Matt gets this uh, spear. The... Well, it's not a spear, but it's like a you know it's like kind of like a sword on a on a pole. It's called an Ashendari or something like that. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I really like that weapon. A sword on a pole. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's yeah, like, it's like, like a, a glaive. It's like, it's yeah. like, like Dynasty Warriors. It's a yeah, one used yeah. weapon. It's oh, got okay. a sword blade on the end of it. Okay. Because all I was thinking of was, I don't know what the game is called, but that game you played like in, in gym back in the day with the ball that's on the string that's on the pole. Tether uh, ball. Yeah. How, you know how to play that? Uh, I used to. But well, I think we should get a crew together and go play some tether another, ball. Another cool weapon is, uh, I can think of is a. Uh, uh, Sephiroth's uh, mass immune sword from Final Fantasy VII oh, yeah. has just like this big gigantic. Just the giant it's like one? this, yeah, it's, just, it's so eight. ridiculous. Like nobody could use that. Eight feet long, cut a but dragon. But he just he just uses it with one hand. It's ridiculous. If I got to pick a favorite weapon from fantasy, it's going to be Skeletor's staff because I like Skeletor. What a badass staff! Yeah. But I really also like the Dragon Dagger from Power Rangers. What about you, John? Uh, first of all, what's your favorite weapon from fantasy, and what are some common themes and motifs that stick out to you? Um. Let's see. Besides the Master Sword from Zelda, the Zelda games, I would say uh, the Soul Caliber. That's the sword from oh, all yeah. the the Soul Edge, the Soul Caliber, the one I that like corrupts the, I like Siegfried. The Soul, the Soul Edge. Yeah, yeah. he the becomes one like got an eyeball in it. Yeah, he becomes the uh, nightmare. Uh, nightmare. Yeah, because it corrupts them and Cervantes and all these people are after that sword. Soul Caliber is badass, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as motifs or, or just cliches or whatever, I would say one that you see a lot. Is the the good guy come to find out he's just like a peasant? He's just a regular person. He has to rise up. Come to find out, mm-hmm. he is the prince, and he the didn't know one. he's royal blood. That happens a lot. Yeah, it does. He's the chosen what, one. What, or, what does yeah. that speak? 
I think I think that speaks about the, the regular in- people will never get anywhere. You have I to think, be. I think it's, it speaks <laughs> of the inherent heroism and divinity within our. With the, oh within, yeah, within yeah. Ourselves. That they were yeah that they were had to be the hero all along, regardless of yeah. You know, we're, look at Star Wars. Luke, their destiny. Luke is of yeah slightly royal blood. <laughs> he was a new. <laughs> His dad was a bastard. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, definitely a lot of common themes and, and, and motifs here. Like, so we got the middle, the middle medievalism thing, the good versus evil, the hero's journey, the the, the different boons of the gods mm-hmm. that are that are represented at times by those weapons. A lot of swords, obviously. Why a lot of swords? Because of a lot of why? why here's a question I want to ask, real quick. The swords are cool, we man. Move on. Why? Because we we touched on this briefly. Maybe Tolkien is responsible, but why is fantasy always a reflection? on mankind's past drew because it's a way to look at history in another way like you can examine mankind's follies in a different setting because it's like because some stories can remain the same no matter in what world uh, that makes sense what about you uh, you agree with drew brooks what do you think yeah i suppose okay i agree with him too that's easy i right? concur okay <laughs> let's everybody just agree with drew so we can save time exactly <laughs> and you know a lot of these weapons and these special powers like john said are are usually wielded by the heroes the hero the the reason we read the books watch the movies without them it would just be bad guys <laughs> They just be much they of a just, story. We'd, have, would, we'd have Skeletors, they but, would no, just, yeah, but no swords. I think tonight's I theme that. is. I think tonight's theme on this show is how many times can we use Skeletor <laughs> as a basis? So besides Skeletor, Drew, <laughs> who are some of your favorite fantasy heroes? Uh, let's see. Uh, you already mentioned Matt, uh, Matt Cawthon. Yeah. He, he is he is the hero who, with every breath, tries to say he's not a hero. He's always trying to weasel his way out of everything, but he <laughs> just keeps getting deeper and deeper. Yeah, man. he keeps messing up, and like by the end of it, he's like, well, burn me, I'm a hero. <laughs> and uh, he has supernatural good luck like Domino, But it's, and when he gets into these situations, like dice actually start rolling in his head, like he can hear dice, and he's like, oh my god, something's coming. <laughs> he starts is dreading it some of them uh, that would be handy though be like <laughs> some like spider sense almost yeah but he he doesn't know what it is like one of them uh, one of the th- situations he's ends up talking to like his future wife who ends up <laughs> becoming like an empress <laughs> and he's like the dice land and he's like oh god <laughs> but uh from from that i i like uh from stormlight archive kaladin stormblessed He's one reason I like him. He's a spear fighter. He doesn't use a sword, which is like the main in that uh, in that world. And he is one of the best examples of leadership, especially like coming from nothing and making a group of broken individuals into a team. That is one of the best uh, examples of that. And plus, you know, he ends up being able to fly, and he's awesome. It's he ends up being able to fly. <laughs> yep, fantasy Superman. What about you, Robbie? Superheroes that stand out, or sorry, or should I say, heroes? Yeah, okay. I mean, I th- I was I was intentionally staying away from superheroes. Um, that even falls in the fantasy realm. It, it, it totally, really does. There's, there's but, a lot of stuff that could. But but, uh, but a in lot this, of yeah, a lot of superhero fiction, a lot of horror fiction, a lot of sci-fi fiction could could go that ro- with that ro- that way, right? Um, number one, Aslan. Aslan is like straight up the the best character in a fantasy story ever to me like he is nothing but good isn't he, he an is allegory nothing, for he, for christ for yeah, jesus okay, just like just like superman is. is he doesn't do a whole lot really but what are you, you talking know, about? When, he when, guides man yeah he's you know he's, he's, a, he's a background he's, he's you know he's there but he only shows up when he's needed yeah i'm gonna know? tell you this though just when you know when you saw that there were only one set of footprints on the beach they were lion paws 
and they led to a giant kitty litter box. No, it maybe. was on the beach. It was a litter box. <laughs> he really the whole beach is a litter box. He really represents self-sacrifice. He really represents. Um, he's he's a guiding light. He's he's like a Gandalf, and but he's a lion, yeah. <laughs> so it's even cooler, um, to me. Also, though, throwing in uh, in a very Aslan type role, uh, Dumbledore. Dumbledore is awesome in those movies. Mm. You're gonna hear a lot of Harry Potter from me because I'm a huge Potterhead. Um, Roland of Gilead from the Dark oh, Tower yeah. series. Now I haven't mm. finished the Dark Towers. I'm right in the middle of it, <laughs> in the middle of book four. But I'm loving this character so much. Yeah, Roland's Roland's. He's so flawed. He is, and but but he's got this sense of honor, yeah. and and he's like so true to it at times, and and he's just like everything he does, it makes sense, and he he really is a a once again a sacrificial type character yeah. that I really respond to, and and I have the the added benefit of watching these or reading these books after they made that movie. Well, I've never even seen that movie, but so when I'm reading this, it's Idris Elba in my head, <laughs> which yeah. at, which at times seems really weird. With with just the story when he's when she calls him honky mafia yeah exactly oh, yeah audio books were really fun during that listening oh, to that bet. in a car I bet I bet and, and a couple others I'll mention real quick from the Harry Potter world I love Sirius I love Lupin I think they're amazing and I love Reepicheet from the Narnia books what about you Brooks your favorite heroes from fantasy. Well, I like uh, I like Gandalf is probably my number one he's a badass that's, man that's my guy. Like, it's like you just don't get more awesome than Gandalf, you know. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of uh, Magneto for some reason. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. Why is that? <laughs> it's kind of can't like, shake uh, that. He also reminds me a lot of Brooks. Like Brooks in like forty years is Gandalf. Since so like I'll be standing out, standing out on my lawn, like some kids will go, "You shall not pass." But yeah, there's a few others I think they have. Uh, Richard, Cy- I like Richard Cipher from the Sword of Truth books. I thought mm-hmm. he was a pretty interesting hero. And uh, I like Link too. You know? Dude, Link is freaking awesome. It's, you know, he's, he he doesn't have a whole lot of his own personality. He yeah, he know? doesn't talk so, sometimes. Yeah, but he he does he does at the same time. You know, he he has whatever personality you give him. Yeah, pretty much. And I think that was Nintendo's done really well at at. I like him, I like his screams. Yeah, <laughs> making him very unique, but not giving him too many traits where the individual playing him doesn't identify with him. They've yeah. been very. Because some of Nintendo's characters have very much their own personality, like Fox McCloud. Yeah. But Nintendo's been very hesitant and very guarded with that property. And the Zelda series is amazing. And Link is, is Except so Except for awesome. the CDI games. We won't get into that. Let's not bring the, that. Why would you ruin the good part? Let's just end the podcast. Speaking hey, of let's ru- remember, not everything in Zelda was really <laughs> that good. Speaking of ruining a good podcast, John, what about you? I'm going to say uh, Aragorn, Lord of the Rings. He's just such a badass. Solid dude. So, awesome dude. One that... Uh, Going to movies here, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts. Like, how could you not <laughs> yeah. like him? First off, what a cool name. <laughs> and secondly, Carrie Elwes, man. Who was the best Robin Hood, by the way? <laughs> the best Robin Hood ever. Absolutely. It's just really sad what happens to that character because he eventually, like, gets chained in that bathroom and, like, he wakes up and he has to, like, cut off his foot and all that. Yeah, the sequel was really fucking dark. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Didn't expect it to go that way. And then lastly, um, Mad Martigan, man. Vel Kilmer. Will, Willow. From Willow. Mad Mardigan. Which I thought his name was Mad. They call him crazy, like Mad Mardigan. But if you look it up, it's just it's, his, it's one his name. whole name is Mad Mardigan. Like, I forgot that, that that he was in that movie. Yeah, man. he's in Willow, and he's oh, the yeah. best part of Willow, man. I haven't seen Willow in a long time. It mm-hmm. holds up incredibly well. That's, except War, for, that's Warwick Davis. Willow's yeah, another good one. Yeah. Except for the dragon thing they have to fight, like the in the in the in the what is it, in the moat or whatever. 
it looks really that part looks really dated. It's the rest of the great. film looks phenomenal. All the morphing is great. The little people, the, Ron not, Howard, the little like mice people, or whatever, look good. Yeah, Lucasfilm, Ron Howard, awesome film. Hmm, who would I think they should do something together today this year? Ron Howard and Lucasfilm. That I would think, be amazing if they worked together. It could be cool. Yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> so that was our favorite heroes. We're gonna take a little break. We come back. We're talking about our favorite villains. We're talking about fantasy. This is pop culture philosophers. Hey everybody, Rock and Robbie here. I want to talk to you real quick about our YouTube channel. You got to get on YouTube, find Pop Culture Philosophers, and subscribe. There you will find the weekly comic book review, new comic book reviews every single week. Also, the weekly pop culture wrap up. It's also the only place you can find the Rockin' with Rock and Robbie podcast. And we just launched a brand new show called Movie Monday. Every Monday, a new video. We're going to be talking about movies, and we are starting with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everything from Iron Man all the way up to Avengers: Infinity War. That's right. Movie Movie Monday every Monday on our YouTube channel, as well as the weekly comic book review and other such favorites and surprises along the way. So check us out at youtube.com slash pop culture philosophers. Welcome back to Pop Culture Philosophers. We're talking about fantasy. We just talked about our favorite uh, heroes before the break. Now we're talking about our favorite villains. And who's got better villains than fantasy? Seriously, there's some most badass, creative villains out there in the fantasy books, uh, movies, comics, cartoons, what have you. So let's actually kick off with our favorite villains. I'm actually going to uh, start with Brooks. Chalk with Brooks. I'm going to make a chalk outline of Brooks. I'm going to make a chalk outline of Brooks. And pretend that he's dead. You make a chalk outline of Brooks. I'll make a chocolate Brooks. Does it have... Raisins? <laughs> Why would you put raisins with I chocolate? Thought, I almost thought you said, does that have racism? And I was like, no, 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 no. Brooks is a pretty cool guy. I yeah, would think that Brooks, he's not. Brooks does not come with yeah. racism, but he might come with raisins. But yes. Speaking of raisins. He's more Brooks. likely to come up with chocolate. <laughs> anyway. Wow, we really jumped the shark. With- <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Man, you guys are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite villains, Brooks. Ones that stand out in your mind, ones you love. Well, uh, there's one that... I don't know if any, any of you guys would know about, but he's from a uh, Skeletor. Are you talking yeah. about Skeletor? No, he's, not, he's not Skeletor, <laughs> but he's uh, he's from a he's from a video game series. He's from the Fire Emblem series. He's the Black Knight. Oh, okay. Oh, he's yeah, just, yeah. Dude, the Fire Emblem series is just phenomenal. Big, he's just this big dude in this huge black armor with a with a big sword. And I think the thing I like about him the most is his uh, theme music is very. Uh, you know, it's very like kind of imperial march, like 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 you know, impending doom coming toward you. Another one is another video game. One was a uh, Golbez from Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, <laughs> so he had, he also has a cool musical theme. But uh, yeah, as far as books go, I think Melkor from the uh, the Silmarillion. He was one that I really liked because he got you know Sauron in the Lord of the Rings books. He's cool, but he doesn't get. You don't really know much about him. Like, he doesn't really do a whole lot. Whereas uh, Melkor does a whole lot. Yeah, it's a lot of his story. (laughs) Yeah, it's like he basically creates evil. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's the devil, basically. Good selections, good choices. I expected, I actually expected some that I didn't get from you. So I was quite surprised, man. Ganondorf? Quite, yeah, that's Dad yeah, was saving it for my I was, list. I was expecting Saruman. I was like, yeah, man, I didn't, want, I didn't want to steal. I didn't <laughs> want to steal all your shine, man. Well, you just you just did, you son of a bitch. No, you did. 
Oh, you I stole did. your own I did by Stefan. I'm not going to chalk outline your body. And We're I'm done. Not, I'm still going to make a chocolate Brooks though. <laughs> that's, that's, that's With fine. no racism. <laughs> but it will have raisins. Chocolate and raisins don't go together. Robbie. Oh, they can. I guess we'll find out when you <laughs> okay, cook. Right. When you make that. Uh, yeah, favorite villains? Yes. Uh, number one, Skeletor. <laughs> excellent, is excellent choice. He is a freaking he really cool is. villain, especially though. when he's played by Franklin Jell. Yes. Now, say what you will about that movie, his performance is amazing, and he looks man. badass. Yes, the special effects, scary. his costume. But for real, Voldemort, obviously, yeah, I think he's a great one, especially when um uh, when uh Ralph Fiennes plays him in the Harry, po- Harry Potter movie. Some would call him Ray Fiennes. That's uh, a I pretty thought was, high I thought caliber I thought it was actor. Ralph Fiennes. It's like Ralph. It's like. It's, I it's, think it's Ralph Fiennes. I think you had it right. I think yeah. it's Ralph Fiennes, I but I, I used Ralph to always Fiennes. think it was like Rafe, Fiennes, like Rafe Fiennes for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, The Wicked Witch of the West is a good one, mm-hmm. right? Very iconic. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, talk about fantasy, yeah, one of the greatest and, fantasies of all time. And most of the time when like people are witches for Halloween, that's basically the concept that they're going with. Uh, the White Witch, speaking of witches from Narnia, because mm-hmm. you guys know I'm a big Narnia fan. Oh, yeah. I also want to give a big another Harry Potter shout out to Dolores Umbridge. Because she was literally <laughs> the I worst. Hate her so the worst. Much. I cannot think of a villain in a fantasy novel that I've read that I hate. I think she was worse more. than Voldemort. Yeah, and another one. A big prop out. A big props and shout big out. Big prop out. Big prop out to uh, <laughs> to Tim Curry as the Lord of Darkness and Legend because oh. that is just that makeup is great. That dude, voice, that costume, it's so yeah. scary. It's it's great. But those are my favorites. My absolute favorite, though, if I had to pick one, is is probably Voldemort. Man, I really think that. Is like you don't like seven or eight movies really, but like it took a long time. It took years for them to build up in the novels and in the movies that this dude's even coming. So like I've never seen a villain more built up than Voldemort. And when he showed up in the books, like it was not disappointing. And when he shows up in the movies, it's not disappointing. He shows up, he kills fucking dude from Twilight, and it's just all he doesn't even kill the dude from Twilight. He commands another dude to kill the guy from Twilight. Kill the spare. Anyway, Voldemort, what's up? All right. <laughs> Wow, you're pretty intense. It's, it's Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor. I like I like the villains with no noses. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Drew. Uh, one that speaking leaves, of no noses. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites is Ishamael or Moradin from uh, Wheel of Time. He's he was like one of the most respected dudes in like the ancient era, and then he basically ran an equation that turns is like. Well, the only way that this war between good and evil is ever going to stop is like, is it the only way evil's going to win? So I'm just going to join the evil side. Oh, that's and, fucked up. And, and, yeah, and by the and by the end of it, like, the, and because the wheel of time, it, like, time is a circle, it keeps repeating over and over again. And by the end of it, he just wants this cycle to end. He wants to break the wheel and like fade, like never be reborn again. He wants it all to end, and. The other villain that I think of is the High King Kalor from Malazan. He was another like ancient villain, but his whole thing is like he conquered an entire continent, had millions of of basically like slave underlings that worshipped him as a god. And they decided or he heard that some elder gods were coming because his rule was so terrible. He killed all of his people so that they couldn't be free, like so that nobody else could have them. And these gods cursed him to live forever, and they cursed him that any time he tried to become great or become powerful again, that it would crumble to ashes. So that's what he's cursed to never be a king again, but he always considers himself a king. And whenever he shows up, it's something like horrifying. horrifying. Like He's not the main villain, but every time he shows up, like something bad is going to happen. 
Those are some dark fucking characters, man. <laughs> My, you, took, you took the show in the direction vil- I didn't villains, expect. Villains, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, those are some cool backstories. I mean, they give those characters more depth than, oh, yeah. than just like, oh, he was a he's a bad guy with a skull mask or whatever. So uh, those are some great choices. I'll throw mine in here real quick before we uh, go to the next segment. Um, Ganondorf. <laughs> <laughs> if no one's mentioned it G- from Ganondorf, Zelda. Ganondorf, Dragmar, King of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to point out, uh, and this is going to films, uh, David Warner as evil in Time Bandits. He was also he was also the bad guy in Tron. David Warner's just a great actor, and so he does a good job as these villains, but they're villains in film, in film mm-hmm. only. And then, of course, the greatest villain of all time, the Goblin King from Labyrinth, played by David Bowie. <laughs> How great, what a great villain. I thought you were that about to hair, say Skeletor. That's that codpiece. <laughs> Um, <laughs> remember that? Remember, I'm assuming that's a cod piece because the way he's wearing his pants. Maybe he was just. I mean, we won't go into that. We won't uh, yeah. go into that. <laughs> Let the man rest. But he had such great hair. He's got that voice and that you know he was David Bowie, man. Oh yeah, so, how awesome to have him in any films. Incredibly charming villain, and that's yeah. what he was supposed to be. Yeah, he's seducing people basically. We'll send you to the bog of eternal stench. And uh, and then of course uh, the greatest villain of all time. Skeletor from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> but really, don't go back and watch Masters of the Universe film. There's some problems with that film, but it was was Frank what's his last name? Frank Langella. Langella. He does a great job. He's not one of the problems. And his co- his makeup and everything, he looks awesome as shit. And he's got that goddamn staff. Yeah, he does. He's got the staff. With That's the, all that with matters. With the ram horns yeah. and the skull and a yeah. So Skeletor is so badass. The actual Master Universe had some great villains. And really did. I would love to have been on that creative Stinkor. team for the names and stuff like that. And then you had all the guys from Snake Mountain. Oh man, how awesome! All right, right, right. Um, okay, so Brooks mentioned this when he was talking about his favorite villains. He was talking about how the the, the video game villains had very specific music. Great, that went yeah, with them, right? some great soundtracks. There's some great music in fantasy film. So let's talk about that real quick. I got a few I want to mention, first of all, because I don't like people stepping on my toes. First of all, I'm going to leave off some things that I think you guys might talk about. But Danny Elfman. Edward Scissorhands and and Big Fish, those scores are brilliant. They are amazing, absolutely brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. um, Michael Dana did Life of Pi. The music oh, in that film Life is just Pi. is just beautiful. It's also visually stunning. Film. Yeah, it's a great film. Great film. Uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantasy, right? And uh, uh, don't, let's not, not let's not sleep on Queen in Highlander. Okay? Dude, yeah. Right? We are the princes of the universe. Yeah, and who, Flash Gordon. And who wants to live forever, for for instance. So, But those are some good ones. I got some other ones to listen to here, but I think some people are going to mention those. Drew, what is your favorite music in fantasy film? In fantasy film, I mean, <laughs> I mean Howard Shore kind of like crushed it every time he went for nope, it. That's <laughs> one of them. <laughs> and I was about to say, every time that he did music for Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, just absolutely crushed it. You could think, you think of his his music. Uh, you um, the original theme for Harry Potter, the na 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 na, like that always pops into my head. Oh, John Williams, that's another one. Yep. <laughs> Wait, yeah. John Williams did the yeah Harry, Harry Potter. Yeah, he did Harry yeah, Potter. Did. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> we were talking the other day about the greatest composers of all time, and I said John Williams is the greatest composer of this this era and the greatest movie composer of all time. Yeah, and in that conversation I mentioned Harry Potter. I guess you don't pay attention. Yeah, I don't listen to you. I just hear what I I just hear myself speaking and then I zone out. Anything else, Drew? 
Uh, now, you guys have been mentioning uh, video games this entire podcast, so now I've got Nobuo Uometsu stuck in my head because he did all the Final Fantasies. <laughs> yeah, if we were talking about video games, the Final Fantasy... <laughs> yeah, one, one that I... Soundtrack's probably, probably my uh, my favorite. Yeah, Brooks, go ahead, is, please. Uh, ...is a Sephiroth theme from Seven, the uh, one-winged angel thing. Hey, that's a movie. That's in a movie. Uh, Advent Children. Yeah, it is. An, it has, oh, well, there it, you it's go. like they mix this classical composition with this like heavy metal guitars and mm-hmm. stuff. It's really awesome. Anything, uh, anything else, Brooks? Syphilis' theme. Anything specifically from a like a, a live uh, like a movie or anything? Well, you know, I, I like, mean, you like Howard Shore, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, of course. I have I have all the Lord of the Rings soundtracks, and they're all great. Like I really, that's a. I mean, that soundtrack really captures the, you know, the the mood of Middle Earth. Yeah, and, yeah. Th- and, and look at even in the Hobbit, like yeah. that whole Misty Mountain, like that song, like it's beautiful in that movie, right? And that yeah. from the that's from the first Hobbit, right? When the dwarves are singing that song, yeah, yeah. The and they're in Bilbo's house, Misty like, Mountain like, High, Misty yeah. Mountain High. Oh wait, what? That's, what? Not, <laughs> that's something else. So I think some of the best music in that oh, is like the. <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> the, a, it's like the the ring ray theme and stuff like that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's what about- very appropriate for the 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 what they're doing. Like for the it, he does such a variety of stuff for the Lord of the Rings, and it's just also so beautiful and so epic. Seriously, that's one of the hit, those movies, man. What about you, if, John? The soundtracks for those movies. Um, I'm gonna mention Lord of the Rings. So I'm gonna mention it again. <laughs> um, the soundtrack for Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor Wait, the no, movie. There's no Scott. Um, the probably the when I think of fantasy, the song that always gets stuck in my head is a song that I grew up with as a child. Mariah it's Carey, the damn never-ending story theme. Oh, I thought you were talking about oh, Mariah Carey. Yeah. yeah, the never-ending story theme, never man. And if you story. listen to it now, like if if you were if you're not of that age, and you wouldn't listen to it. It might sound generic or or like it was made for a movie, <laughs> but I love that damn song, man. And I would sing it, you know. Want me to sing it? Is that what you're waving at me for? No, I was saying you can move on <laughs> to the next subject whenever you want, but if you no, want no, to sing it, please do. Let's all get together and sing yeah. the never-ending... Let's do it. Um, never-ending story, never-ending story. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> Skeletor. <laughs> that was my little pony. Anyway, Speaking <laughs> of never-ending story... Hey, that's a fantasy thing I didn't think uh, about. Yeah, that's are good, right? Yeah. yeah. My Little Pony. Fantasy in literature. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. So. What's literature? So, uh, I is think. There, so. Is, hold on. Is there a He-Man You're talking about books and such? Is I'm there a Skeletor about, book? I'm talking about on the printed page. The show's going off the rails because of Skeletor. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. So, I apologize. Yeah. So, what's your favorite book written by Skeletor? <laughs> <laughs> Why He-Man sucks. <laughs> no, uh, we wouldn't have these great. These great films, these great video games, were for these great fantasy novels. So, and I, don't, I haven't read a ton. You know, probably the last fantasy book I read was uh, the Houdini hamster book. <laughs> that's not a fantasy. That's a, I mean, it's a fantasy. It's about a hamster, but that's not in the right. I was like, I have no idea. I was yeah. with you. I was like, all right, yeah, rock on. There was a book I read called Houdini the Hamster. I was a kid, but it was, and we got one from those scholastic book programs. Anyway, oh, okay. I'm, I'm jumping, jumping. <laughs> So, uh, fantasy and literature. We'll start with Drew because he, you probably read more and talk more on your Facebook page about fantasy and literature, about what you listen to because you're reading stuff. When don't you listen to books on tape? Yeah. Um, for your job, right? Yeah. Not for your job. It's like I, you're paid to do that. No, that would be a pretty fucking awesome I'm job. Pr- I'm pretty sure they're digital. I don't know if he has any a, a tape. Do you got a Walkman that yeah. you hear? <laughs> no, I don't. Just get those from a rest stop. Yeah, he's got them on CD, but he's got one of those portable CD players that always fucking skipped. Remember those things? What a terrible... 
Sorry. Keep <laughs> so, Drew, uh, uh, fantasy and literature. I, Speak to us, man. Mo- most of what I do listen to them on audiobook. So, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, the narrator can influence whether I like it or not. But the ones that jumped out to me are A, Malazan, because that guy, not only did he give us 10 books in 10 years, which is unheard of. Holy shit. I, yeah. yeah. But there, it is the most quotable like series you, because I post quotes from it all the time. Like You can find anything you want like about life death grief uh compassion which is one of his main themes about about the importance of compassion why we humans hold it so dear when we should give it freely and in abundance and and the importance of it and let's see the other ones of course the like, show just got fucking deep right just now <laughs> my that's a that's a great that's a great series uh you got dresden files when i want something lighthearted. Dresden Files, their their pulp uh, concerning like a a wizard who has his number in the phone book under wizard. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> yeah, I and always she, thought it was pulp, but I didn't know that it was any there was Jim, any sorcery or anything like that's that. That's Jim Butcher, right? Yep. Now, Jim I, Butcher. I, I've I've heard many good things about that series. It, really, it, have. it actually had a TV series. I was too. about to ask, <laughs> did they ever do that? Because it sounds like something that would really lean itself towards television. It had it had one season, and it starred the uh, detective Lance from Arrow. That was that's who played. Oh, oh yeah. man, I love him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that I'm surprised series, he's not dead yet on that show. <laughs> the uh, but that's but that series is I went from Malazan into that just because I needed something to bring me up. But uh, other than that, I mean, I I fell back in love with fantasy with uh, Wheel of Time because that's when I started reading when I was in the hospital a lot, and that's why it oddly enough that I finished all of the books just in time to wait another month before the last book came out. Oh, that's nice. how the, that's how the timing worked. But other than that, like anything Sanderson writing, because that's I, how the wheel of time worked. Yeah, the, uh, the wheel of time turns. Isn't ages that, come and go. Isn't that a Journey song? The wheel of time keeps on turning. Wheel in the sky. Wheel in the time. Keeps <laughs> I know on that. Turning. I know that. Yeah. But uh, anything. I also respect uh, Brandon Sanderson because he's another guy that can. He has. He writes very quickly, but he has great depth to anything he writes. Because he actually on his website he has like a progress meter on like the eight different things he's writing at once while teaching at BYU. When you look at something like George R. R. Martin, who has who releases one book like every eight years, I was about to be like <laughs> lessons learned from George R. R. Martin. Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I respect somebody that can just pump out amazing fiction. So not just putting it out for the sake of putting it out. They're actually putting out great stuff. Yeah, in a great It's not like they're rushing it. Just be like, oh, we'll do a book a year, but let's just phone it in. And it's one guy, too. That's a big thing, too. It's not like it's a a joint venture or something like that. It's not quite the Babysitter's Club. So how, just, just honestly, the last book on tape I listened to was the Nightfall Saga (laughs) in, like, in the early 90s. Like from, like, Batman? Yeah. (laughs) So so how is the, uh, the production quality? I mean... Who are you getting? Are they getting like celebrities to read these? Are they doing special sound effects? Does it depend on the publisher? Uh, it depends on the publisher. Uh, oddly enough, Dresden Files, you guys will love this. The guy who is the voice of Dresden in my head is James Marsters. It's Spike. Oh, from man. It's, and he's, but is, he's, it, is it his Californian accent, though? Like his normal voice? Or is it that Spike British accent? No, it's his, it's his normal voice unless he's doing something like Isn't that. Isn't it weird to like hear him as Spike and then hear him for real and be like, whoa. Yeah, one of my favorites. Dude's from California. The uh, the thing that I love, like th- there's one book that I just, like they actually messed up or he messed up like he read something and he goes, it's like, oh, it's behind his neck. Ah, oh, fuck. And then he just rereads it like they forgot to edit that oh, part out. Yeah. Every time I get to it, I, I, I wait for it. Every every time I get to that book, I start dying out laughing. Oh, you got to share that, man. That's fun. That's funny. Brooks, you can read. Brooks likes books. Yeah. 
So, uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> Robbie. Thanks no. for stating the obvious. Um, what books uh, have you enjoyed? What fantasy and literature? What's some of your favorites? Which ones do you want to talk about? Which ones stand out to you? And Brooks, you being able to read, that's not quite obvious. <laughs> um, I take offense to that. <laughs> uh, well, I think know, Brooks is actually well read. Yeah, um, I am actually. But, uh, you know, obviously I've read the all the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit books and Silmarillion. I've read all the Wheel of Times. Those are really good. I've read The Sword of Truth. That's a really good series. Uh, Dark Tower is a good one. Uh, but uh, we haven't really talked much about, you know, fantasy comics, really. Oh, yeah. Like uh, the old mm-hmm. Conan the Barbarian comics. Oh, yeah. Like, those are... I, li- I liked uh, a you lot know, of they, those. They didn't start off as comics, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but, I mean, that's what I think of. That's what I think of yeah. Have I you ever... Uh, what, what, were they short stories? Like Arthur C. Clarke, right? Yeah. No, uh, Rob, no Rob, Robert, Howard, Howard. Robert E. Howard, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Red, so- Red Sonia was another one, too. Yeah, were those short stories or something, like in like magazines? Or was it, was it a series think, of novels or something? I, they do have novels. I think there were some like that. They're, they, they were collected in like an anthology. But I know most most of them are from are following Conan's journey. Yeah. Wasn't the old Conan stuff Marvel? Yeah. Who is it now? Comics, yeah. It, well, it went to DC, it went to Dark Horse for okay. a good long time. And and Kurt Music, if you like the uh, the Conan comics from back in the day, which which of course I did too. Like my my my, my uh, stepdad had Savage Sword of Conan, yeah. and I used to read those like crazy, man. Yeah. And uh, but like. Dark Horse got the rights for a while, and Kurt Busiek did a really good long run on there with Gary Nord on a lot of the artwork. Then Brian Wood did some stuff. That stuff's amazing. Mm. But the big news is that Marvel has just got the rights to Conan back starting in 2019. So the way Marvel, it's going, fucking hmm. Dark Horse ain't going to have shit. I guarantee you Jason Aaron and Mike Diodato are going to be doing some Conan comic books, mm. man. I was waiting for Chip Zarsky. Oh, that'd be a good one. <laughs> you know, Donny Case would be a good one, too, but uh, straight up, Jason Aaron, Diodato, they got to do the first one. They got to. Besides the Conan comic, what else? And Red Sonja, you said. Red Sonja. Sonja. Sonja? Sonja. Sonja? Sonja. Sonja. Sonja? Sonny? Skeletor! <laughs> Say it, Skeletor. Besides Red Skeletor, what else? Uh, and then you, books. He mentioned <laughs> a lot of books. Still on books. We're still on books. Is there any other one you want to talk? I was going to ask Robbie, but is there any others you want to speak about? We didn't want to jump over you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I As I... I'll I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. We're not playing like, leapfrog here. I'm sure there's some I'm forgetting, but uh, at, at right now, that's all I can really think. Okay, of. those ones those, that stand out the, in your yeah, mind. Those yeah, those are the main. Basically, main, what he's basically basically what he's saying is, you know, no, I'm done. Move on. I'm done. Move on. Okay. Okay. Well, you're not getting any chocolate Brooks cake. Yeah. Is it a cake? Is it more, like a, brownie? You, then. Is it more like a brownie? God damn. <laughs> What's the consistency <laughs> gonna be? Um, milky. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds terrible. <laughs> what about you, Robbie? You can, you can also read. Well, I mean, one of my favorites is uh, Skeletor is My Struggle. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia are my favorite. I love those. those. Those seven books I could read within one week. But they're the very, Chronic the, what? The Chronicles of Narnia. The Chronic what? Yeah, that's one that, 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 that <laughs> skipped my mind there. Yeah, and the, the Harry Potter ones, too. Yeah, C.S. Lewis is amazing, dude. And that's the other one I want to mention is Harry Potter. Like C.S. Lewis, J.K. Rowling, they've done amazing jobs of... of children read <laughs> holy yeah. cow yeah, like ki- kids were reading because of harry potter kids were reading because of narnia like i got my my youngest sister uh cindy i got her in the into reading c.s lewis and i'm a huge c.s lewis fan i've read things like the screw tape letters and, and and uh 
uh, uh, the uh, what's the book? Mere oh, Christianity. Murder She Wrote. He yeah, wrote he, those. Yeah, right. No, no, Mere Christianity. <laughs> like even stuff like that. And like, you ever read his sci-fi ones, like Perlandra? No, those are good. Are they really? Yeah, they are. Mm. I, I read his study of grief. I don't think that's science fiction though. No, it's like a real because you know C.S. Lewis was was a Christian apologist for a long time. He started off as an atheist. Didn't Tolkien's kind of start off that same way, or was it the other way around? Tolkien uh, guy. I think C. S. Tolkien Lewis. was always more, the more the devout right. guy. I think Tolkien because Tolkien and C. S. Lewis were part of that writers' club. Yeah, and they would meet at the, the pub inklings. or whatever. Yes, the Inklings, and I think that uh, Tolkien kind of like helped Lewis convert yeah. to uh, English Protestantism. Um, <clears throat> so those ones, The Dark Tower. I'm only halfway through it, but I'm loving it. Like I've read a lot of Stephen King, and what I've read. Nothing is like the Dark Tower. Yeah. This stuff is big, and it ties in almost every single piece of work that he's done. Yeah, I love that. Um, Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. Oh yeah, Gaiman. Neil Gaiman's done like some great stuff. The Sandman stuff. could be considered. Yes, and the Sandman. Too. There you go. Stardust. The Sandman. Stardust as well, right? But Neverwhere to me is like the best modern day version of Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. out there, yeah. right? Right. And there's a lot of classics like that, like like Carol and Bomb doing the the Oz stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but one I really want to point out is by Piers Anthony. And like I I'm not like the hugest like like fantasy guys like you are like fantasy novel reader like like Drew and, and Brooks are, but I have read the incarnations of immortality. Yeah, those are good. George got me reading and those. And I yeah, George got me reading yeah. those too. I love those books. Yeah, I like I love them so much. It starts with On a Pale Horse, which is and it's basically like the powers of the it's, mythological it's about somebody, gods. somebody like taking the place of an incarnation of a, of a immortality. Thing, yeah. yeah. So like the first book is about death. Yeah. And it's on a pale horse. That guy just like accidentally shoots death when yes. he's Yes. And there's there's fate. There's war. There's time. Like and, the and devil. It's such Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. I love that whole series. You know, they finally they did, they did like the eighth book like ten years ago, and I never read that one though. Uh, no, there yeah. Was. Yeah. There's like a, there's a book that you did in like 2007, 2008. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's also what the TV show. Uh, What's that show that was on Showtime about the Grim Reapers? Was that Dead Like Me? Dead Like Me, yeah. Yeah, that that's based on On a Pale Horse, which is the first oh, novel cool. in that series. Yeah, which I just, I love it. I love I love that stuff so much. What about you, John? I haven't read a lot of uh, fantasy books, to be honest with you. My fantasy knowledge is from video games, from movies. I've read books, but I don't know if I've ever read a fantasy book, or at least finished a fantasy book. I'll pick up something, but never complete it. So you I feel like... Read, you ain't never read a Star Wars book or nothing? No. Okay. <laughs> I really haven't. I need to read more. I agree. <laughs> and that's weird that I led this segment. I'm like, I'll lead this segment about books. Yeah, you could have said something before. Yeah. You, never, you, never, you never read Darth Vader versus Skeletor? No. Dude, I've read this. A classic read, of the genre. Yeah, I've read the Skeletor biography called Skeletor. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was no, called. You're, you're saying it wrong. It's Skeletor. Uh, and, and the subtitle is I'll Get You, He-Man. <laughs> But uh, if I have, I don't recall. You know what I'm you know, saying? I don't recollect. You know, there's a lot of these these properties. You know, you we were talking about things like The Wheel of Time starring Pat C. Jack. Um, it's amazing stuff, right? But, like, there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of worlds, a lot of, like, Dark Tower. So they made the movie, right? Yeah. But how much better would Dark Tower be as a TV show? Yeah, one. I mean, that's, that's the, that would be the best well, way. They were going to make one kind of tied into that movie, and I don't know what's going to happen now. After I don't reaction. think they can. That that movie was an open and shut case, I think. Okay, yeah, but, but, you know, but that would be a great TV series. So let's yeah. talk about the fantasy television series and, and what our favorites are. I'm going to immediately just pop out here with Masters of the Universe starring Skeletor. Get that done with. <laughs> <laughs> but I lost. We need yeah. to, you should count how many times we mention Skeletor. Yeah, we should. Drink every time. 
but not really. That's, well, that's if you're drinking idea. like high grade people, liquor, people are dying of alcohol yeah. poisoning <laughs> all over the world. Anyway, television series that are fantasy, Lost. I'm going to talk about Lost because Lost to me is straight up fantasy. It's great. It's fun. It's a little <laughs> bit of sci-fi. You're not. You're yeah. not going to get me talking about. Yeah, Lost, I'm not going to get you talking about. <laughs> Drew will go on for like hours talking about Lost. Lost, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Stranger Things, yeah, kind of, a that, little bit. Yeah, it's the line. And uh, Gargoyles. Oh, yeah. Gargoyles. Yeah. Dun, talk about dun, some dun, music, dun, right? Dun, yeah, talk about some music. Dun, Speaking of uh, dun, 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 what about you, Brooks? What are your favorite television series that are based on fantasies? Well, there was one that was on for a while. It was uh, Legend of the Seeker that was based on the Sword of Truth books. Mm-hmm. Which I really liked. I think it was it was canceled though after like the second season, and uh, it doesn't really adhere that closely to the story from the books. It kind of does its own thing. But I thought it was really interesting. I liked I liked what they did with it. So I was I was kind of I was kind of bummed that it got canceled. Yeah. So okay. Early. Okay. Is there is there anything that you think would would be a good like something you've read that hasn't been adapted to television that you think would be like something like Wheel of Time or? I think who knows I think what? I think. Uh, Wheel of Time could be a really good and interesting series. It's like, especially if it has, you know, uh, it has money behind it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it know, sounds like, Game like of Thrones it might money. have to be yeah, it's, big it's budget. too long for movies. Yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the biggest problems with fantasy on television is you got to have some money to do that. Well, yeah, and there's another thing is, like, there's a lot of anime fantasy shows, yeah. too. Yeah. You're more than like, welcome to a, talk about them. There's the Seven Deadly Sins. This is one Great I really show. liked. Uh, Fairy Tale is really good. Record of Lotus War. You know, uh... Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Trinity Blood. I guess that could yeah, count. Yeah, Trinity Blood yeah. could count as, as kind of a fantasy. Yeah, Neon Genesis even could count yeah. because there's like the angels Ooh, and all I'd that. Say, yeah, I'd yeah. say it's more sci-fi, but it does have some fantasy yeah. aspects Yeah, it does. To it. Absolutely. Very fantastical story. Yeah. Of course, you know, you didn't mention Fantasy Island. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, what about you, Drew? What are some of your favorite uh, TV series? You said there was a the, the there was the uh, the Dresden Files one. and Was it yeah. good? It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, w- I wish. They they made it weird. They made his, uh, he has a talking skull that's his helper and his, like, thesaurus on, or encyclopedia on everything magical. That's crazy. But- I heard they, they're doing the same thing for Indiana Jones Part 5. Oh, God. It's one of the it's one of the Crystal Skulls is now his partner. Yeah, but. Uh, and it's played by Shia LaBeouf, which is weird. <laughs> Oh, he's back. The, the uh, but now the the one you got to talk about nowadays that has gotten everybody into dragons and et cetera is Game of Thrones. And you know we didn't mention that theme when we talked about music, but that's a great, yeah. great yeah. theme song. Oh yeah, the, I don't know if anyone skips that ever, even if they're watching a season in de- on demand or anything. But like, it's not always perfect, but it has become the new water cooler show, and everyone everyone live tweets it or or talks about it and. It, I like it more than a lot of the parts of the books, just because I, I finally get to see it, and because it comes out every year, unlike George or, or every. Yeah, it's year. like we're actually getting a conclusion to this yeah, one. Yeah, we're gonna get a conclusion to the to the TV series before the books, and that's wild to me. But uh, like I'm gonna have to reread every book before the next one comes out. It's been so damn long. <laughs> yeah, the uh, but you got Supernatural, the song that nev- will never end. <laughs> Those two guys will be hunting monsters forever. Straight up. Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't done an episode with Lamb Chop yet. Well, they did the... Uh, <laughs> they did the Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they did the Scooby-Doo one. The uh, But no, as, and then you go to animation, you've got, I mean, Adventure Time, you've got... Uh, oh, Adventure Time's a great show. The, uh, you know, I was going to mention regular show. I don't know if that counted, but it does, doesn't it? Like, yeah, regular show's fantasy. It has, le- like, it has less fantasy elements, but I mean, they're talking creatures. I mean, it's more like, it's more like you know, LSD-influenced fantasy, but it's yeah. still... You know, but it's, <laughs> you could see it as like a 
kind of a twisted Narnia. Yeah, yeah uh, animation still. You got like Avatar and then Legend of Korra. Oh, Avatar. Le- really Legend of too. Korra, I liked more because uh, because it was kind of steampunky because the uh, technology had advanced and it was incredibly uh, diverse in in that world. And then the other the other thing, a new a newer show that's very fantasy based is The Ancient Magus Bride is one that's like very much classic fantasy. It is it, it is the closest that you can get to like a Miyazaki uh, show without him being involved at all. Okay, super cool. Another one that I didn't mention is the BBC versions of the Chronicles of Narnia with the <laughs> puppets and all that yeah. stuff. Like I loved those when I was a kid, man. I thought they you were know, so cool. Another thing that is uh, the uh, you know the Terry Pratchett Discworld uh, movies and stuff. Like I haven't seen a whole lot of them, but I have seen uh, Terry Pratchett's the guy the, that did Good Omens with Neil Gaiman, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're doing a Good there, Omens there is a, TV uh, series. There's a movie called uh, uh, The Hogfather. Which is it's like a Christmas kind of movie based in Discworld that is really good. I really enjoyed. That's super cool. Speaking of Christmas movies that are movies that are really enjoyable. Movies. John, what about you? Television fantasy. Um, I can think of some animation. Not not a lot of live action. At least there. It seems like a lot of live action gets cut short. Um, so I didn't watch a lot of fantasy live action, but uh, animation. Uh, like you said, Master the Universe was big influential on me as a kid. I had all the damn figures. I had Castle Grayskull. And then uh, the D and D cartoon, man. Remember that cartoon from yeah, the eighties? Oh cartoon. no, not Tiamat like, again. Just just regular kids, and they get sucked into it, and then they get involved in all that. So and that's kind of that cool. Little, uh, dwarf wizard dude. Well, he's not a dwarf, but he's like a little short wizard dude. Oh yeah, the little wizard. Yeah. Do you what, remember what, the, what about the Zel- the Legend of Zelda cartoon? Man? Oh lord! Oh Excuse my god! Excuse me. And they pretty much, unfortunately, Nintendo didn't have a lot of say in really any of the. Th- animated shows in the 80s and that's why they're so that's, guarded. Why, we, that's why we don't get yeah with their properties now they're like we're gonna control what we do with their properties you know you mentioned that dungeons and dragons cartoon and then you mentioned tiamat or whatever right tiamat, Is that, yeah. yeah the dragon right i remember there was an episode we were doing was it 90s animation or it was something but like straight up like jeremy day mentioned that cartoon and he was like jeremy day to this day <laughs> is pissed off at that show because he's like there's no way they de- they defeat Tiamat like that fast. no they're tra- <laughs> they're trash here there's no way they could be Tiamat he was like do you remember that John when he was like super yeah, super busy yeah oh, it was great but anyway there's a lot of good sci-fi I mean fantasy television out there obviously um, but a lot of good movies too and we're about to hit our top five favorite movies but first we're gonna hear from you but first we're gonna take a break <laughs> you're on Pop Culture Philosopher's Fantasy Hey guys, Rockin' Robbie here for Pop Culture Philosophers. I want to talk to you real quick about our Patreon page. That's right, Pop Culture Philosophers is on Patreon at patreon.com slash PCP. There you can help support Pop Culture Philosophers, the podcast, the YouTube channels, all that jazz. You can unlock exclusive content and join our community there where you will get access to PCP After Hours. That's the podcast we do after every single podcast. We leave the mics live for a while, and we release it to our Patreon supporters. We also have a newsletter that gets sent out at least once a week written by myself. A special commentary is available on our Patreon page and lots of other nifty, cool benefits. Check it out at patreon.com slash PCP. Because here at Pop Culture Philosophers, we strive to bring a positive, insightful, and entertaining view on our pop culture, and we need your help to, to do that. So thank you very much.
Welcome back to Pop Culture Philosophers. We were uh, just talking about our favorite fantasy television, and I think we're excited to talk about our top five, our top five fantasy. Before that, though, Robbie, I think you reached out to the social medias, the the Twitters, the Facebooks, the MySpace, the Google... (laughs) Doesn't Google have one? Do people use that anymore? What's the Google one? I just love Google Plus, and I love how you do the same joke every <laughs> segment. Every time we do this social media segment, you do the same joke. Um, no, actually, this time we only went through to one source. The Google. PCP <laughs> the Army. <Google. laughs> no, the PCP Army. <laughs> okay, the PCP Army. So join us on Facebook. You know, you can go to the Pop Culture Philosophers page there, and you can find the PCP Army or just search PCP Army. That's where I'm there. Drew's there. Justin's there. John's there. Jelani's there. You can hang out with us. Cream talk to us. Ha- Cream School has an account. Yeah, Jeremy, Timothy. Brooks is not there, though. Brooks doesn't do the uh, social media. Uh, Brooks uh, stays in the uh, fantasy social media. Anyway, we asked everybody on the PCP Army, what is your favorite fantasy film of all time? Will Priest said The Page Master. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Manuel Mendolia said Pan's Labyrinth. James Donahoe said Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. L.W. Allen from Dan's Panda Comics said Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Brett Hess said Legend and Labyrinth are the first ones that pop up in his head. Sajin Sajin Alciad said Dark Crystal. Timothy Gorman said Return to Oz. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and Cloud Atlas. Zach Ashley said Stardust. It doesn't matter if, you know, the movie or the or the, uh, the the book, but we are talking about movies, so I'm assuming he's talking about the movie. Matt Gibson said Legend. Alicia Marrow said Mor- Mon- Morty Python. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, <laughs> plus The Wizard of Oz. David Hatch said The Wizard of Oz. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Harry Potter from Part 5 onward. And Dragon Slayer. Brian Tennant said, who framed Roger Rabbit? Carl Koweski said, Sword and the Sorcerer, which me and Drew didn't know what that was. It's a 1982 film. We watched the trailer, and it straight up looks like Masters of the Universe, but without Skeletor. Um, Dylan Sullivan said, Star Wars. Mike Matthews said, Spirited Away. Justin Arjuan said, Never Ending Story and Willow. And Jeremy Day, friend of the show, in fact, part of the excitable PCP crew, said, Goblet of Fire, Black Cauldron. And Princess Mononoke. So be sure to join us on Twitter at the PCP Show, and of course at the Rock and Robbie Billups, and uh, all that stuff, including the PCP Army. And thank you guys so much for checking out and responding. So that was your favorite fantasy films. I almost said sci-fi. <laughs> I've been doing that all night. So we're talking about our favorite fantasy, fantasy films, fantasy, fantasy films. Our fantasy, fantasy. So our favorite fantasy films. We've got those down to top five. Uh, each of us down the top five, which I think was probably harder for some than others. I'm actually going to start with Drew. Uh, we're going to go in uh, reverse clockwork order. Again, the review- listeners can't see this. They don't give two shits. It's called counterclockwise. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I think it is counterclockwise. Oh, huh, how about that? We'll just edit all this. We don't edit the show anymore. We'll just put what at that part. We'll just edit Brooks out. Brooks, son of a... No more chocolate milky brown here, whatever the- <laughs> Robbie's making it. So we'll start with uh, Drew, top five in reverse order. I'm sorry, counter order. <laughs> that doesn't You're work at all. You're talking yourself into that <laughs> counter order. <laughs> no, the, uh, this, was, this was a hard top five for me. Uh, I tried to stick to like one of a series, not to, not to flood it or anything. Uh, number five, I have uh, uh, <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It is fantasy, and what a great film. <laughs> it is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I still will do the shave and a haircut bit with uh, with uh, just like popping popping out through a wall too bit. And uh, Christopher Lloyd is scary, and then at the very end when he reveals his tunish self, it's horrifying. 
And then Jack. visually it holds Jack. up. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then uh, number four, I have Princess Bride. <laughs> it's a very classic, classic fantasy movie. And Andre the Giant, like hearing the stuff that he had to go through because filming that movie, man, could could not sit down because of his back problems. So he had to like stand and walk and they had to like lower uh, Princess Buttercup down on a crane into his arms because he couldn't really handle the weight holding that really yeah he he had serious back issues because of his condition but uh there's that and then there's the as you wish all the rodents of unusual size <laughs> yeah rodents <of laughs> in, the, unusual in the fight in the fire swamp uh then uh number three i have uh prisoner of azkaban harry potter and prisoner of azkaban okay that was the first that was the alfonso Cuarón's first of his movies and it was it definitely took a turn for the darker and but it was still incre- it was incredibly visual like it was a visual masterpiece there are a bunch of frames for that you could just frame them uh, on a wall and then it had uh Sirius Black introduced one of the best characters and he ha- was incredible in that movie i did my waiting 10 years of <laughs> and then uh number 2 i have uh uh this was hard for me because I had to pick a, a Miyazaki, and eventually I'm going to settle on Princess Mononoke. Beautiful film. Beautiful film, and watching it like again later, like one of the funniest parts at the beginning of the movie is when he first shoots the bow and arrow. He takes a dude's arms off with a with a with an arrow. Like he just when his uh, cursed arm shoots the bow, he t- like the arms of the guy he hits just fly off. And me and Jer- Jeremy and I uh, watched that. Uh, he he had it listed as one of his favorites too. It was wild to watch again. But it, great music, great story, people overcoming a lot and having to have to like come together with nature. And number one, I man. Lord of the Rings ruled everything, but I had to pick one, and it was Return of the King. Return of the King. I I had it because a I, I love siege battles, so Minas Tirith was big, and then yeah, oh yeah, the Battle of Pel- Pelennor Fields was awesome. Like I could just watch that over and over again. Like I they had a lot of great fantasy battles in that series, but that that whole sequence from like the siege to Rohan coming in. It's like, yeah, we won. No, elephants are here, and we're about to get wrecked. And then fighting off the uh, the Nazgul and the Witch King. It's like, I am no man. And then you have uh, then Aragorn and everyone showing up at the very end with the with the army of the dead. It's just a and it was nominated for like a million Oscars and won a million of them because it was just one of the one of the best movies ever. Yeah, made. it's super epic. It's shot beautifully. The music's great. Everyone. Have you seen like the uncut like six hour version? Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I don't know if it's six hours. It's long. It, it's, it's like four and a half hours long. Who watches the theatrical version? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, everyone found Peasant. out through. Everyone found out through those movies that New Zealand is an amazing looking place. That's a really good top five, man. That's a fantastic top five. But let's see if Brooks can one up you. <laughs> man, like there's gonna be two. No, that's a that's a great top five, man. That's a great top five. I'm actually going to jump over to Brooks. Top five. You can narrow it down to top five, sir, in reverse order. Your top uh, so you, five uh, favorite. we gotta, we got to go in reverse order then. Fantasy then. films. Yeah, that counter order. Yeah. Counter. I'm sorry, counter. Okay, my number five is The Princess Bride. Oh, Princess Bride mm-hmm. made your list. Yeah, awesome. I, uh, I, really, I actually didn't see this movie until I was in like my mid-20s or something. Like really? I, never, I never really heard of it. 
And like I watched it, and I just like I loved it. I mean, there's just so many memorable lines in it. It's like one of the most quotable movies, and like I like I love all the characters. Uh, number four is a movie that that is from my childhood, The Sword in the Stone. Disney's The oh, Sword the in the Stone. Oh, the animated film. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I used to watch that movie all the time. And, uh, you know, I love Merlin, Archimedes, and, uh, you know, Arthur. It was like, I thought it was just a really good, fun movie. Number three is the obligatory Harry Potter, but mine is the Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. The Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire was my favorite because it's when shit got real. Shit in the got Harry Potter, real. In the Harry Potter universe. It's like, Voldemort is back, mm-hmm. and now nobody's safe. And he brought Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Okay, number two. Number two. Princess Mononoke. Oh, wow. So it made multiple people's list. Okay, awesome. Yep. Beautiful film, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's one of my, uh, it's, one, it's like, as far as animated movies go, it's it's one of my favorites. It's just like a really, I really, I just really dig that film a whole lot. And number one is Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Return <laughs> of the King. Same top two. Yeah. Man. Wow. Saying, yeah. You guys work on these lists together? Yeah, we conspired. <laughs> So why Return of the King of all the, the Lord of the Rings films? It's why that because one? Because it's the most epic. It's, it is really and, epic. You know, it's a lot of people have problems with how long is you know the long endings. But you know, if you've read if you'd read the books like I have and was a fan of the books, you'd be like, well, he, he, that could have been a whole lot yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was a whole. Yeah. They could have had Sauron go back to the yeah. Shire and do all this burn down the Shire, and all that they shit. Didn't yeah. do that. You ought to be thankful for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, that movie Definitely. did have like twenty endings, though. Yeah, yeah, but uh, still, it was. I don't think like you know they were necessary. I, I, I believe, like everything after after like a six yeah, hours. Like there was, it was like they all these characters had to go through all this. They deserved. Everybody deserved, you know, yeah. to get their their happy ending in there, or their not so happy ending. Yeah, well, yeah, well, most most. Or their ambiguously happy ending. Yeah, well, that's a great top five, and I'm interested to see now Robbie's. Has those two films? Is <laughs> this number two and number one? I would freak out. I would freak like out. Well, <laughs> <laughs> your top five, Robbie, if you will. Well, let me do an honorable mention here. Oh, son of a bitch! Two Masters of the Universe, starring Skeletor. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And my number five is going to be Lord of the Rings, and I'm going to choose Fellowship of the Ring mm. because I really think you know, 2001, Peter Jackson. It was the start of everything. I wasn't a Tolkien head at that moment at all. I had never read those yeah. books, never even read did, The did Hobbit. We, did we go see that one together? I think yeah, we did. I think I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. And, and like, I you know, I, I, I remember the, the animated films, The yeah. Hobbit and, and Lord of the Rings and Return of the King. And, and you know, I, I remember liking those, but like Fellowship of the Ring, I really like because it's the whole start of the whole thing. And it's introducing the characters. It's building that world to me. That was my introduction to Tolkien's Middle Earth. And like, I just think that that, that movie just does that so well. That's such a good movie. All the, now, all three of them are great, but just like these guys, I just wanted to pick one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Fellowship just because that was my introduction. Number four, 1990, Tim Burton, Edward Scissorhands. It's a fantasy film. I love film. that film so much. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. It's gorgeous. It's got a great soundtrack. Soundtrack. It's got a great score. It's got, a great, it's got great performances by Johnny Depp, by uh, Winona Ryder, by Catherine O'Hara. Is she in that movie? Yeah. Right? She's in all those movies, right? Um, I just I love it so much. It's got it's got heart. It's got Biff in it. 
No, it's not Biff. It's it's Anthony Michael Hall. It's Anthony Michael it's Hall. It's actually Biff. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, he should have played Biff. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but a very jacked Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. My number three is also going to be a Harry Potter movie, and it's going to be Prisoner of Azkaban, because that movie, to me, like cemented Harry Potter as something that I love. Not only is it one of my favorite Harry Potter books, it is definitely my favorite Harry Potter movie. It is written by, uh, or it was directed by uh, Alfonso uh, Cuaron. Cuaron, yeah. Yeah. And it came out in 2004, but that movie's great. It introduces Sirius Black. Which Drew mentioned, played by Gary Oldman, but it also introduces Remus Lupin, played mm. by David Thewlis. And to me, that is amazing. It's the best movie. It's it's dark. Yeah. It gets more adult. Not more adult, but just gets more mature yeah, it in does. its storytelling. The Dementors are like the best yeah, the, part of Harry Potter to the, me. The, I just the, love it. The darkness of that movie makes the kids grow up and you grow up with them. Yeah, I love it so, so much. Number two came from 2006, Guillermo del Toro. It's Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Great. Labyrinth Beautiful is amazing. Film. It's yeah. an amazing yeah. film about a child in, in the 40s during a time of war. But it's also an amazing, brilliant fantasy film with like, like you know, del Toro didn't have 10 books to build this world up. He didn't have a thousand pages. He had one movie to do this, but he built this in crazy awesome world but tied it into the real world and tied it into the story of this of this you know, of this young woman and 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 it's just i love it so much and doug jones in that movie is just absolutely brilliant my number one though comes from 2012 it's angly it was a big deal it's called life of pi life of pi is my favorite fantasy film i love that movie so much we were, i was talking about metaphor and allegory what a metaphor and allegory right there right mm-hmm. and you don't even realize necessarily what the movie's about actually until the very very end yeah. right but it's straight up a fantasy film it's gorgeous it's beautiful it's got amazing music i love the themes i love the story i love the character it's basically about this dude who you know survives this this the shipwreck and he winds up on this raft with this tiger but it's actually this it's it's actually an, it's a metaphor for something else and and i don't want to spoil it for you guys because if you haven't watched it you really need to like yeah, the pie that's is one i haven't one. seen but i've heard a lot about oh, it. oh it's, it's so good it's you're, you're gonna love it dude yeah. it's, it's beautiful it's gorgeous it's got a lot a lot of richness and depth to i it. will after the show i will loan you the blu-ray i have it on blu-ray and you've got to see it yeah i have it on true ray but you don't have a true ray player yeah so. i've got it on drew ray <laughs> God. i have it on skeletor what is, ray what is, <laughs> yeah What's this true raise talking about? But I do also want to, be, you know, I, I, it was a tough top five for me because I wanted to put Big on there. I wanted to put Groundhog Day on there. But, <laughs> you know, if, if Skeletor's not making it, neither is Bill Murray. Like, it's all going to be movies. If you know, like Coraline is one. I just Oh, yeah, that's a great one, too. But, yeah, but Life of Pi to me is number one. What about you, John? I'm interested in your top five. Honorable mention for No, I don't have an honorable mention. I'm just fucking with you guys. Yeah, you do. Skeletor. No, I don't. <laughs> Skeletor. I you know honestly if that movie's not so bad go back and watch it. <laughs> I have it. We can do a movie now. It has the principal from Back to the Future. I forgot his name. Um, it's a uh, it's a uh, not Patrick Stewart, but the other guy that should have played Xavier. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, my top five here. I just remember he was bald. That's all. I, yeah. That's all I know. I don't. Mean, I he don't was know in him. Porky's too, wasn't he? Was he in? I only rem- I, don't know. No, I only remember him from Master Universe and Back to the Future. I don't know what else he's in. If he's anything else, I don't rec- I don't recollect it. I feel bad now. He's Somebody's a, like, what if his like, great-granddaughter's listening to the show and she's like, you fuckers, that's he, my uncle. Wait. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was going to be a Masters of the Universe Part 2 Electric Boogaloo, oh. but it never happened. Anyway. <laughs> my top five. I'm going to start with uh, my number five, which is, I'm surprised nobody's mentioned it today at all, uh, Hook. I love Hook, man. It's a good, good follow-up to the original, but mostly it's the cast. Rob Williams does a great job. And Rufio, who steals the show, 
is Dustin Hoffman as Hook. Dustin Hoffman is so amazing in it. And the fact that that's Dustin Hoffman, you know, he's got that the facial hair and the wig. And, you know, he, obviously later on when he takes the wig out, you know, it's a little old Dustin Hoffman. Literally a mustache twirling villain. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So I love Hook. And again, I think it was a, a got cool... Da- got Dante Bosco in there too. A cool follow-up to the original story, like a cool concept. And uh, I thought it was a really cool film. And uh, number four, Never Ending Story. I, I watched that as a kid maybe 500 times. We would rent it all the time. I think eventually we ended up buying it on VHS and just, you know, I think wearing it out. Um, the soundtrack, uh, the special effects, the part where he loses his horse. That's okay. a horrifying part. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it was probably one of the. That's probably the first thing I ever watched as a kid where I I cried like you get attached to this horse. I'm a little kid. You shouldn't go through that kind of shit, man. No. You shouldn't go through that shit. Number three, Labyrinth. David Bowie isn't Jennifer Connelly is the is the main. Yeah, is she's the one trying to get her brother back? Yeah, it's Jennifer Connelly. Very young uh, Jennifer. She's not in Dark Crystal. Okay. I think they're all Muppets in Dark Crystal. They're all Muppet remember, movies to me. I remember in Muppet Babies, they used to always like, you know, where they'd open the door and there'd be like uh, clips of like Labyrinth or uh, yeah. maybe some other kind <laughs> yeah. of Jim Henson movie. Or a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. The uh, So Labyrinth, I just, I just again, David Bowie's awesome, but visually it's amazing. Jim Henson's special effects are amazing. Uh, awesome. Love that movie. I didn't realize it was actually directed. By Jim Henson, mm-hmm. which I did not realize that. That was, that was something I did not know. Uh, number two, one of my favorite films, when we talked about the 80s podcast, we did 80s sci-fi, this came up, Time Bandits. Terry Gilliam, it is a fantasy, you know, him going back through time, meeting these, these little people and going on these adventures, and they're bandits, you know, and they're running from the supreme being, and uh, they encounter evil. David Warner is the bad guy, great bad guy. Uh, visually, it's awesome. The soundtrack is amazing. George Harrison, of course. Uh, love that movie. But my number one, my favorite fantasy film, I'm right there with Robbie, Pan's Labyrinth. Maybe that wasn't your number one, but it's on your list. <laughs> it's on your list. It was my number two. It was your number two, Pan's Labyrinth. I know it was going to make other people's list. Um, but it's it's visually, it's amazing. I think Del Toro is a great director, and he's got a great eye. You know, visually, he's done some amazing stuff. Some would even say eyes on his hands. Yes. <laughs> some would say that. It is beautiful. Sometimes terrifying. The soundtrack's great. It's very dark. It's very, you know, you'll walk out of the movie theater depressed and sad after it's this a, movie. It's a very human story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's great, man. It's fantastical. It's, it's a fantasy film, and he does a good job. And I don't know. I don't think as great as a director he is, and again, there's other films he's done that I've really enjoyed. I don't think he's I don't think he's ever done Pan's Labyrinth. I think I, that's I his think peak. That, I think that might be his best film. Yeah. I said I don't think he's ever he did it. He did it one time. Yeah. And a lot of people are praising uh, what's the new one, the water one? Lady Shape of water. water. Lady in the water? No. Lady in the <laughs> that's in Night Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, he did uh yeah, in in I just still think Pan's Labyrinth is best his best work. And I think he's a great director, but it knocks out the park. That's a really Labyrinth. good tough. Thought. I'll be honest Beautiful with you, John. I, I out of everybody here. Right, the, me and you, the guys that are not the fantasy guys. Right, we have the best top fives. We have oh. the best top fives. You, you guys man. didn't have Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, I like Pan's whatever, Labyrinth. man. <laughs> I was really disappointed that none of you guys had any films with Skeletor. Skeletor. <laughs> Honorable mention. Screw you. <laughs> so, thank you guys for being on the show. Great top fives. I had a great discussion here. There's a lot of books and a lot of uh, series now that I'm, I'm I'm more interested in checking out. Right, John. Yes. 
<laughs> okay. So I concur. As we end the show, first of all, Brooks, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. We uh, immediately, as soon as we knew we were going to do a fantasy podcast, like about 72 years ago, we knew that we were going to get you on this show because you're a big fantasy yeah, guy. Yeah, this you, is before we even knew you. Like, if we made a guy named Brooks, he's got to be on that show. Yeah, and, and you introduced me to a lot of fantasy. You, yeah. you gave me... Lord of the Rings. My Lord of the Rings. And The Hobbit. And The Hobbit, yeah, Yeah. and and, and I love them. Thank you so much. So why does fantasy matter? We've talked all night about why we love it, but why does it actually matter? Well, it's 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 like, you know, any other kind of literature. It's just just a way to kind of look at ourselves in a different way, in a more interesting way, you know? It's like you can, like some people are interested in... uh, you know, like historical text and, you know, like real life things. But some people are less interested, like me, in that kind of stuff and relate more to the more fantastical, imaginative stuff. So it's just, you know, it's just a kind of a way of, you know, seeing seeing yourself like, uh, like you can imagine like, what kind of hero would I be? Or, you know, what kind of uh, adventures would I go on? You know. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that so much. So thank you for being here. Drew, thank you so much for being here. Just like Brooks, when we came up with this idea 72 years ago, we immediately said it's got... We, I'm sorry, I turned my mic off. We immediately <laughs> like, said... What happened? We immediately said it's, it's got to be <laughs> Skeletor Brooks. strikes again. <laughs> it's got to be Brooks. It's got to be Drew. So why does fantasy matter? Matters because we finally got this podcast made. <laughs> no, it's, it's just another way for you to experience a child's imagination as someone who might be fully grown and it's another way to experience a different type of story in a world that isn't tied to earth or or can be but it has a different flip to it like narnia like the world exists but it's you're in a different realm or like dresden files dude takes place in it takes place in chicago but he is a wizard or the dark tower or dark tower many world yeah Yeah. or equestria (laughs) <laughs> yeah, or a question. <laughs> my little brony. My little brony. Hey, that's a fantasy world I'd like to go to, actually, is Equestria. Like, nothing bad happens there. Well, I mean, come on, man, right? Really? When Q shows up, it gets pretty dark. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, how dark, really? What about the? F- what about Compared, when the four yeah. horse of, horses of Apocalypse the, the show four up? The four My Little Ponies <laughs> of yeah. the Apocalypse? Yeah, pestilence, famine. No, seriously, thank you for being on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It's about the imagination. It's about using our imagination to create these otherworldly or innerworldly type tales about the human experience, like things like Pan's Labyrinth, yes. like, like Life of Pi, like Lord of the Rings, like Narnia, like like the Dresden Files even, right? I guess, yeah. right? You know, whatever, I don't know, yeah, whatever, whatever, right? But like all that stuff, right? And like, so it's about the imagination, metaphor, allegory, meeting together. This is the hero's journey. This is something that we love. This is something we can respond to. That's why I think it matters. I think it matters today just like science fiction matters, just like drama matters, just like comedy matters. It's an escape, but it's also an escape into reflection of our lives. What about you, John? Well, that got fucking deep. I don't think I can keep up with you there. That's what I, I do. I think, uh, really, it's it's the best you know form of escapism. The fantasy is probably the earliest form of escapism in novels and as far as like you know, before there was a dominant sci-fi and, and it's it's just the world can be dark and bleak sometimes and sometimes just, you know, escapism is important, man. Fiction is important and fantasy does that and does it so well and they, you know, those worlds, they're built up. There's some amazing fantasy out there so it's important to have that. Pan's Labyrinth is a good a good example of that because in the movie, you know, it's her, it's her fantasy world that gets it away from this bleak 
you know, with the uh, with the Spanish military and everything. And it's 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 important, man. It's it's without you know fantasy, any type of escapism is important, and fantasy is right there up there at the top. Yes. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Next episode, we're gonna talk about the great director. Steven Spielberg, he's actually does some does some fantasy stuff. Who? Yeah, I've never oh, yeah. heard of this guy. Yeah, not to be used with his does cousin. He make, does he make movies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but not to be confused with his cousin, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, his Spanish cousin. <laughs> That's an inside joke from way back in the day. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the the director, his works. Uh, he he's talk about a prolific like director. I'm surprised we haven't done because we did a really Scott episode, which is great. Check it out if you guys haven't already. It's on the website. Uh, subscribe, iTunes. We're all on all that stuff, all that jazz. Um, but then we're going to talk, now we're going to talk about the great Steven Spielberg. So I'm excited for that episode. And by the time you're hearing this episode, um, the uh, we should have our new shop open with our shirts and stickers and hoodies. And we actually have some baseball shirts. I don't know if you guys seen the baseball shirts. With I our did logo. see those baseball shirts. They those look pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, we may, and hoodies. Um, and we may, we may expand into some other stuff like mouse pads or something. But right now, it's some, a little bit of clothing and some stickers. Uh, so check that out. It'll be up by the time this episode comes out. And they can find that at popculturephilosophers.com. And we're also on YouTube. We're also on Facebook. And like I said, if you're if you're not already subscribed and you like the show, go ahead and subscribe. You can, we can show up on Android and iTunes. We show right up on your device. And you just listen to us or go to the site and you can download it, listen to us at your leisure. Or not at your leisure. <laughs> However it fits in your, you know. You can listen to us in your hatred if you want. Yeah. If you're listening to some audiobooks at work, take a break, listen to the podcast, and we'll talk about audiobooks. Yeah, and and pay attention to the uh, the upcoming audiobook version of our podcast where it's going to be dramatized. Yeah, and it's actually read, read by Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would seriously I'd pay for that. that was, yeah, yeah. That it was, was the, the best of times. It was the worst of times. With a special appearance by Timothy Dalton. Yes. Yes. So we appreciate you guys Friend all the tuning show. in. And again, next episode, Steven Spielberg. We are out of here. <laughs>